Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Authentic Q Media, featuring radio, TV, webinars, and live events worldwide. And today, presenting the debut show of Interviews with Authentic You, with your co-host, Michelle Avo, author, international speaker, also known as the Celebrity Numerologist, and Jeffrey Miller, author, international speaker, and also known as The Interventionist. And now, here's Michelle and Jeff. Enjoy the show. Well, good afternoon to the entire planet. What a beautiful day we're having up in the northeast corner of the United States of good old America. Uh, crazy weather. You know, you go from some cold nights to some warm days. And I guess we're going to hit a warm spell this weekend. Kind of blessed to hear that. Uh, might be a little too warm, a little too soon since we had heat on day before yesterday. I don't know how you figure that out. But here we go. Not nice to fool Mother Nature. Today's show is going to be absolutely fantastic, folks. I am blessed to have on with us a gentleman whom I've met some six months ago in L.A. at an event with a very close friend of both of ours, Mr. James Malinchek, also known as ABC's The Secret Millionaire. James has these events two, three, four times a year in L.A. plus other areas, and uh, they're fantastic. And we meet and we network with some of the best of the best. David has got a beautiful story. It is unlike a lot, but then again, people can relate. So it's a lot like all of us in some regards. However, everybody's story is unique. Everybody's life is unique. We all come to a point in life where things just seem to, I guess we'd say, fall apart. It's like this, what goes on? And we wonder, how is this, in fact, uh, you know, part of our life? What's happened? Our guest today is Dr. David Phelps, and David is the author of the book, Breaking the Chains. It's a book that David has written about, as a professional, and how in his practice and his business, business owners uh, look to a to try to find a blueprint to create freedom and options within the scope of their professional practices and personal lifestyles. Because as an entrepreneur, I can be honest with you, uh, it was very difficult for me to differentiate sometimes when I was in business and when I was in my personal life. David has written this book. He has been on stage many, many times in front of many professional organizations talking about his story and also about how he learned to break the chains and why. Today, I would like to welcome a very special VIP guest and a friend of mine, Dr. David Phelps. Welcome, David. Hi, Jeff. I'm really excited and glad to be here with you today and all your listeners. Well, we're blessed to have you with us. And I wanted to take a short note and say my co-host, which I should have ne- I neglected to say, folks, Michelle Abo, president of Authentic U Media, is in transit in between two locations right now and was unable to get to a line. I believe she might be flying somewhere over the U.S. at some point. Anyway, Michelle sends her condolences. She will be back on air with us live next week. David, it's wonderful to have you here. It's a blessing. Uh, you know, you and I met back last December in L.A. Uh, with James Malinchek. And, man, i got to tell you, that, that's some eye-opening events right there. <laughs> Jeez. And we, we hit it off and we've become friends, along with many others, as you have uh, through the length of time you, you've been uh, heading to L.A. And, and your participation and time spent with James. And I'm, I'm like the new kid on the block, you know, and, and I'm just thrilled to be uh, in the company of yourself and many other fine people. And that, that has been a blessing for me and, and a great, great uh, 
you know, the camaraderie, the, the networking we do, the friendships that are ensued, it's just fantastic. You know, your story is awesome. Unlike, as I mentioned, a lot of people. Uh, <laughs> we have things happen to us in this life. We never know from when they're going to hit from one day to the next, which is an amazing thing. What happens, David? You know, I, I guess I want to start with and tell folks a little bit about you. Uh, and then we'll get into what happens to that dream, that vision that everybody that wants to be, the would-be entrepreneurs and the entrepreneurs take on and, and don't seem to get to live. But let's talk about you first. Well, sure, Jeff. You know, when I was a, a kid growing up, I I was uh, already had a little bit of an entrepreneurial spirit within me. Uh, I, you know, did the typical things like mow lawns, but I had other kids help me mow the lawns. I kind of subcontracted, and when I had a paper route, uh, kind of like Huck Finn did with the whitewashing of the fence, I got other kids to, to to run part of my paper route because it was kind of a novelty and and kind of same thing with lemonade stands, all the cool stuff that we did. But I kind of figured out other ways to to get other kids involved and kind of become the manager of operations. But that entrepreneurial spirit, um, even though it was within me, I think I let it fade away because I, I, I hit it down a road that was not forced forced on me, but it was just because of my environment. My dad uh, was a physician and uh, worked hard, but I, I saw the respect that he had. I saw that he could, uh, even though he worked hard, he, he earned a good living. So I kind of followed in his footsteps. Not that he, he pushed me that direction. It was just kind of formulated into me. So whatever entrepreneurial spirit I had within me early on, I just kind of pushed it to the back. It didn't go away, but I just, you know, suppressed it and went on and, and went to college and then went on to professional school. Uh, but one thing I started doing when I was still in, in dental school is I started buying real estate. Now, we're not going to go into that today, but that's where I kind of let my entrepreneurial spirit uh, come back out again. But the main thing is I went on in and become a, became a dentist and uh, worked hard at that, uh, built up a good practice and uh, did that for about 20 years. Uh, the thing that caused me to have to kind of do a reboot and really rediscover who I was and really to discover that I wasn't really living the life that I could have been or should have been was the unfortunate uh, health crisis that my daughter, my only child, went through. Uh, when she was only two and a half years old, she was diagnosed with high-risk leukemia. And that was a very, very intense two and a half years of of, of chemotherapy and round the clock and hospitalizations and it was physically and emotionally wearing on on everybody. Uh, unfortunately, it was it was so wearing on on uh, my 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 young small family that uh, that my daughter Jenna, her, her mother and I did not make it through our marriage. And so uh, before Jenna was six years old, unfortunately, we divorced. Now the good news is is that her mother and I stayed good friends and really worked hard to to be the best co-parents that we could and do everything for her. Because what we didn't realize is that Jenna's uh, health issues were not over. Uh, surviving leukemia uh, was not going to be the end of it. She, she went into a period of time where she had uh, breakthrough epileptic seizures, and she, they, the doctors kept trying all kinds of different combinations of medications to try to suppress those seizures. Uh, but she still had breakthroughs several times a week, and you know, that, was, that was really difficult again. Uh, and then when she was 12 years old, and this was about 10 years ago, she was 12 years old. Uh, she was diagnosed with end-stage liver failure. Now, that was a huge shock, a huge surprise, because we didn't know anything was going to happen. Uh, she actually started to vomit blood, uh, just out of the blue, vomit, you know, congealed blood out on the carpet uh, one evening. And, of course, uh, her mother rushed her to the hospital, and then they care flight, took her by care flight to, uh, 
to the main medical center in Dallas, and uh, it was a couple days later when they diagnosed the end-stage liver failure. Well, to me, that was like my second wake-up call because I, you know, I say we had, I, I had gotten through, and, and so had Jenna and her mom, her first crisis, which was primarily the leukemia. Uh, but I went back to doing what I always did, and that was just just work hard and figure I had to be the uh, the financial breadwinner and be strong and uh, all those things that I think type A people think that is important. And I'm not saying it's not important, but uh, my point is I put so much emphasis on that that I was letting things in my life, particularly my family, particularly my daughter, I was pushing those back and thinking, you know, like a lot of us, someday when everything's right, when I get my security in place, my finances are in place, and all these ducks in a row, that's when I'm going to start to live my life. That's when I'm going to enjoy life, and I'll travel, and I'll spend time with my family. And, you know, when I did some more research after I went through my trials and tribulations, I discovered that for a lot of hardworking type A people, someday never comes. Someday Amen. This, yeah, it's, it's, this, it's, this, it's this kind of fuzzy vision out there somewhere. Maybe that people call it retirement. I really don't know what retirement is because I don't think we should ever retire. We might change modes uh, at different ages, but retire, what the heck is that? Uh, but my point is this, is, is when, when Jenna had the liver transplant, uh, that was my, my, my big wake-up call. It's like, stop, David, what you're doing. Why are you still trapped in this business, a good business, you know, it, it paid well as a, as a dentist, but the business was all about me. If I wasn't there in the business, in the practice, seeing patients on a regular scheduled basis, guess what? No money coming in. And so I had to make some hard, serious decisions. Do I keep doing that and possibly miss uh, what, what was left of my, my, my daughter's life? Because, you know, you, don't, you never know. You never know for any of us. That's the point. Uh, her life seemed to be more precarious at that time. But you know what? I could be gone tomorrow, Jeff. You could be gone tomorrow. We just never know. Right. We so don't it's know. Not, it's, no. Right. Exactly. And, and so, so you don't, you, don't uh, you, you can't live life on either end of the spectrum. You can't, you know, I mean, unless you, you've been diagnosed with something that's terminal, and, and then maybe then you, you can go ahead and, and, and live life very differently. But there's a balance there. You've got to live some life today along the way, but also do some things. And as, our, as you mentioned, our good friend and coach, and mentor James Balanchek says it's not about working hard, it's about working right, then working smart, and then working hard. So hard work play, comes into play, but the way most of us do it, the way I did it, it's it's um, it's very linear, meaning that that just working hard, there's no leverage there. If, it's, if your work is all about you, whether you're employed by somebody or you have a business or businesses, but if you're about, all about that business and it's all about you doing the work then you don't really have a business and you never get to freedom. So that's my, right. my base story. I'll, I'll, just, I'll recap and say that I continued to own my practice um, after Jenna survived her transplant. I continued to own it for another six years. Now, I will say during that period of time, I had another uh, setback. Uh, one of the doctors who was, who was in uh, doing the dental work uh, actually wanted to buy the practice from me, and I thought, you know what? He deserves it. He was doing a good job clinically treating patients and was running good numbers, so I agreed to finance the sale to him. He didn't quite have the credit to get bank financing, so I thought, you know what, I'll carry the financing. I'll finance it for him. Uh, maybe within 12 months or so, he should be able to refinance me out, and all will be good. Well, again, long story short, a year later, through a lot of litigation, I had to take the practice back. He had let it go. He got into yeah. trouble. He got with, long, with the wrong people, and as you can probably guess, and your listeners can probably guess, uh, taking the practice back is like taking back a foreclosed property. You never get it back the way you gave it. It was it was, it was, a, it was a nightmare. It's just not there anymore, actually. Right. 
yeah, it, it was it was a calamity. But but I'll, but I'll tell you, and this is one more lesson learned, and then you can you can ask other questions and and, and that kind of thing. But the, the other lesson I learned was that even though I had to take back this this business that was 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 we lost half the revenues. You know, half the staff was gone. The top tier patients had left, and one of my good friends who is also a dental practice management. Um, owns a company that, that, that manages uh, dental practices. He and I are good friends, and he knew my situation. And he said, you know, David, he said, he said, you've got one of two choices. You can either put your dental scrubs, you know, suit back up, go back in and be the doctor again in your business, in your practice, do like you did for 20 years. It'll take you two or three years, but you can build it back up again, and then you can put it back out for sale. He said, or knowing the mental state, the emotional state that I was in, meaning I had really checked out, I was really living a freedom life and spending time with my daughter, he said, you know, otherwise you might just want to close the doors, lock it, sell off the equipment, uh, wholesale it off, and just be done, walk away. And, Jeff, I didn't like either one of those options because oh, two things. Imagine. Well, think, you think about it. Um, I, there were still a lot of patients who for 20 years I had been a treating doctor, and just to walk away and not give them any avenues, not any time to, to make adjustments, that's – that's not goodwill. I still had half my staff, which was four four ladies out of the eight that stayed. You know, they were kind of looking at me like, "Well, we're staying, Doctor Phelps. You know, whatever you want to do, we'll help you." Well, how can I turn my back on them and say, "You know what? I'm checking out. Yep. You guys go figure it out yourself." I couldn't do that. And I thought, you know, here's the thing: the big learning lesson I, I, I learned, Jeff, is that even in a in a small business where you as the owner typically you wear all the hats, you do all the things you provide the service or the main service, you know, you, you create the widgets, whatever you do, we think of that as, as what we have to do as the owner, but it's not true. It's not true. And I had to prove that to myself. This was my chance to prove it. And what I did is I, I had learned how to put systems in place because I had systems in place when my daughter was sick and I was able to, to run the practice with those systems. The problem is I just didn't have the right people. So I replaced the people, the staff, I replaced the staff, and I replaced the, the, the doctor or doctors, this time not just with one associate, but I put three different dental associates in my practice over a period of about five months. And we expanded the capacity of my clinic to serve more hours, some weekend hours, some evening hours, early morning hours. Uh, and, and so we provided a larger uh, arena of care we, we, and through marketing. And marketing was the big thing that I had learned back in, uh, in, in the mid-2000s was how to be a real good marketer. We turned up the marketing machine, and within 12 months, we had the practice back to over seven figures. And with 18 months, we were back to, to where it was before I had originally sold it. And then three years later, which made it 2010, so going back three years from right now, I sold it to one of the three associates who I brought on board. And at that time, our numbers were so good, they were very bankable numbers, he was able to get 100% bank financing. So I was totally out. I kept a license to still practice if I want to. But those are some quick lessons that, that I really want to bring to the forefront for people. And that is, you know, a lot of times the adversity that we have in life seems like it's not fair. You want to just like, you want to cower down. You want to go into a cave. You want to get mad. You want to get frustrated. You want to blame everybody else. But when it comes right down to it, and in, certainly in my case, any of the issues that came up in my life, except, you know, my daughter's health. I mean, I couldn't control that. But the, but my response to that, my response to my daughter's health, the response to my practice failing, the sale failing, I really had to look at myself for that. You know, what what could I do better? What was I not doing right? How could I make changes in my attitude that would then allow me to come back and, and recreate a life that in, in many ways had fallen apart? Absolutely fantastic. You know, uh, 
how many people can relate to that? I, I know a lot in the dental profession. I know a personal friend or two in the dental profession that, that can tell you that same story that you're saying is they know for a fact when they take that coat off at the end of the day and walk away, if they don't come back in tomorrow morning, that business does not turn the practice other than possibly the hygienist, et cetera. But it doesn't turn the proceeds that are necessary to keep those doors open and functioning with the staff at hand, let alone handle the client load because the teeth aren't getting fixed. Traditionally, very, very realistic to most businesses that are entrepreneurship and base. You know, we grow by, I'm a, I'm a perfect case scenario right there. You know, always tried to be diversified, which you did, and you did it very well because you marketed, you became a marketer, and you really turned it back around. And, and I love what you did, David, because you took the act of giving and contribution, which is altruism in its basic form and its best form, and said, you know what, I just can't dump on patients. I just can't dump on the staff that's standing here saying, hey, we're here for you. And I, and I applaud you for that because there's others that would have said, you know what, I can't handle this. I'm done. I'm closing it up. But in retrospect, you took what looked to be a failing situation and flipped it around, marketed it correctly, put, the, as you said, the right people in place, and built it back up, doubled it and quadrupled it in income. You know, <laughs> it's absolutely fantastic. Now, your Sunday came. You were able to find that person that in, in the three that you had has said, yes, this, I want this business. I love what you got here. And then, you, then again, you cashed out and took the money that you wouldn't have got otherwise. That's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. But it takes some true grit there, David. <laughs> you know, when you're faced with the adversity of saying, wow, you know, I know I can get in there and make money. I know I can make a go, but, you know, it's not your dream anymore. You've been away from it, but you did it right, and that's fantastic. Jenna is, is just a blessing. I mean, you listen to that, and how many parents haven't had to go through that? I happen to know a bunch of good friends, you included, that have had to go through the, med the medical adversities with their children, let alone other family members. Uh, I had the pleasure of meeting your daughter this past December when I met you. She was at the event. And what did she do? Was it not her that went up that night and wrote a book? Well, she uh, she, she actually had finished her book. She started writing okay. it last fall and and brought the book uh, to that uh, event That's and was able to yeah to uh, actually uh, kind of launch it, if you will, from from the stage, which you know was was a huge thing for her, because I'll, I'll say that through all of her uh, her medical trials, that she's she's had some some learning disabilities. Now she she actually has a very high IQ, but she just processes differently. And again, how many how many people do we know, whether it's kids or adults, they fit in the same category? Uh, they, they're smart people. They, they have high IQs, but they just process differently. So. Unfortunately, right, right. you know, in society today, you know, if you don't fit the mainstream, if you don't fit the box, then it's like schools and, and teachers and people just don't quite know what to do with, with, with people like that. And the thing that I, I, I decided, you know, after she got through her, her, her liver transplant is what else could I do to support her uh, and, and give her the opportunity to live the life that she could live and not relate it, not compare it to everybody else. And so because I believe so much, and I know you do too, Jeff, I believe in mentors and coaches, uh, I got a coach for her, uh, a young lady who, again, I, I also met uh, through uh, James Valentine's event. Uh, you know, so many great people congregate in great places, and, and that's something you said at the very top of the call, which I agree with 100%. You've, just, you've got to be around the right people because that's where we get 
so much our inspiration, but the story is I, I got this great coach, Julie Marie Carrier, who loves to work with young ladies, is, is, a, is, is a great advocate for them and helping them uh, maintain and, and increase their self-esteem in a world today, in a society that is constantly giving the wrong messages to our young people, you know, um, young, young men and women. And Julie has really helped Jenna to kind of come out of her shell because she's, she's, she's always been someone on the introverted side and uh, you know, wouldn't necessarily always look up and speak to people uh, or shake their hand the first time. And Julie's just been amazing to help her as her coach. Well, part of it was getting her book done. So, so Jenna got her book done and actually went up on stage in front of 700 people and uh, you know, was interviewed there. And uh, since then, she's been able to go out and give other talks. And, and it's, just, it's really been amazing to see her self-confidence and her self-esteem really rising because now she feels like, you know, I have something of value. I may not be a, a mathematician, a scientist. I may not be able to write great essays or I may not be the fastest reader. But you know what? I've got a story. I've got a message that I can go and give back to other people, other kids, other families who also are struggling with difficult times and tell them some of the lessons that I've learned. And to me, that's why that's why I do what I do today, Jeff. It's it's not for me. I mean, I, I enjoy helping people, I, but but when you can give something back to other people, whether it's your, whether it's your, in your own family or or other young adults that are seeking their way in this very difficult world today, the fact that we can give back and, and try to give them uh, some some help, assistance, uh, guide them, show them the ropes, and help them not you know step into the the minefields and the quicksand that's out there everywhere. Uh, I, I think that's what we've got to do as leaders uh, in this country today. I'd agree with you 100%, David. It's it's the the leaders of today that look at the situation. It's not about me. It's about the. And those that look at, I lead with contribution beyond myself to the benefit of another. And they understand that when they give, they shall receive. And it's in the good book. That giving is not an ego-based. That giving is what you give of yourself from your heart, your being, to give to the other person, whom persons, it may not even be the person that you're giving to today, but it will affect, it will go out there, and you do get a reward. It's, it's just the way it is, and we all have a right to that. And Some people say, no, 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 you can't do that, so therefore they don't feel that if they give and help, it's a, that it's really doing what their mission is because, quite honestly, I don't think they understand their mission, no offense. They, they need the guidance. And a good coach like Julie for Jenna, what a blessing. What a blessing because, yes, I, I've read about Julie, and her phenomenal coach. And reaching the children, the children are the future of tomorrow for this world. When we can reach to those kids and we can help those kids and we can get them to understand what Jenna's gone through and how to rebuild and reinvent her life from the adversity and rise up above from that. And other children that deal with the bullying and all the stuff that goes on and, and, and help them understand you are a good person. This will help you climb the stairs. It is not going to define your negative life because you can rise above this and then we will have adults of tomorrow that are the better citizens of tomorrow. And, and it's such a beautiful thing. And I witnessed that whole thing that you're talking about, that whole situation of Jenna coming up on stage and, pre, and previewing her book with James. And, oh, it was, it was hot. It was just a hot moving. Uh, I loved it. I loved it. It hit me right there, you know. The compassion. I've got five children of my own. And, and I looked and I went, wow, how beautiful is this? That this this beautiful young lady can do this now and get up there when her chance of even survival was what you know back when, 
Absolutely beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. My my hats off to you, uh, Jenna, your family, David. Uh, it could not have been easy. But isn't it interesting that these adversities in life are the mission statements that are put before us because God knows what we can handle and what we can't. And you know, that's, that's yeah. That well, that is that is so true. And and I'll, and I'll just I'll 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 say this as well, Jeff. You know, when I was growing up and and preparing to you know go into graduate school and kind of planning my life, I always had this idea that you know if I was just a hard worker and I did the right thing. That everything else would take care of itself. In other words, I just I thought I could really control my destiny by just doing those few things. You know, being a good person, working hard, and obviously, what I know today, what you know, what anybody else who's probably over the age of 25 or maybe even younger than that knows, that's not true. And that that life is always going to throw us curveballs. We're always going to have to overcome things that we didn't plan for, or sometimes things to where we just unfortunately made a bad decision. It just it just happens. It just happens. Right. And, and the sooner a person gets over the fact that life is not going to be perfect and you don't look for perfection, because I, honestly, I, I did. I mean, I wanted everything to be ducks in a row for me, and I thought I could do it. And so the first time it, it, it didn't look that way, uh, yeah, that was really tough on me. I, I mean, it was, I, I had to really be, have, a, have a great awakening. And then uh, I think God was just, uh, uh, you know, he really kind of put me through the paces, and it was really a boot camp for me. Uh, because it's totally changed my attitude. I'm a very optimistic person, as you know. Uh, I'm very upbeat, but I'm also no. I'm also a realist, and I know, uh, you know. Hopefully, my life's not over by a long shot. Uh, but there's going to be other things that are going to come up. And at least I know today that what I've gone through has prepared me to be able to have that right attitude. And if there's, you know, the main thing I can share with people today on the call is wherever you are in your life right now, whatever your walk is, uh, and I'm sure there's people that are on the call today that there are going through challenging, difficult times. Uh, I can tell you is, is is persevere, but don't do it alone. Don't do it alone. You've got to affiliate yourself, associate yourself with other people who are inspirational people that uh, that that can 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 help you. Uh, because that's what Jeff and I were just were just talking about. You know, the groups, communities that that we involve ourselves in are all the same kind of people, but all the same kind of people that have also gone through. Uh, difficulties in life, and we don't call them failures. We just call them, you know, the, the testing ground, right, Jeff? I mean, you, you get tested, yeah. or, we, or we we have to test things, and not everything's going to work. But if you never get out there and test something, or you never have to overcome anything in life, then you're really not living life. So we just have to get past that and say, you know what, it is what it is, wherever you are. Uh, but if, if you just stay the course, and and, and 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 with your faith and the people that you surround yourself with, you can get through. You can get through anything. God's not going to give you more. Then, then you can handle, even though at the time it can feel like you've, you've got about all you can take on. That's exactly right. Exactly right, David. And, you know, I've, I've often found with the issues, I used to call them problems. I now call them issues in life. I'm, I'm subjected to issues, uh, things that are teaching me another valuable lesson, although sometimes I personally don't quite understand the message. I don't know if maybe I'm not meant to understand it at that particular moment. It comes clear later. The interesting thing is I, I heard an expression some time ago that said, use your problems as stepping stones to rise above. And how true is that? If everybody would take that as a metaphoric value, the problems, issues, and things that are happening, whether you feel you subjected yourself to them or, in fact, they've been subjected upon you, whichever way it is or whichever way you view it, take them, persevere just the same, reach out, find that help, as David has expressed, that is so, so, so valuable. Get 
with a great coach, somebody that that will just un, just help you 100%. And issue those those you take those issues and just put them underneath your feet and say, okay, there. Another one I can step on and rise up that staircase of possibility. It really, really, really does work. And that was excellent, David. Thank you for that. And I'm sure everybody listening is certainly feeling that as well. You were able to find something that a lot of people think is not possible. I know that we talk about this at, at, uh, with James at the Big Money Speaker events at the boot camps, and uh, specifically because we're there to network and get the nuts and bolts and, and cross the I's and dot the T's. See, I said that wrong. Just <laughs> <laughs> the other way around. See, I got everybody. I got everybody on that one. They're going, what do you say? Anyway, bottom line is we're there for those exact reasons. We're there to network. We're there to learn and pick up. We're investing in ourselves to get ourselves to that next level. And there's a word that comes about when I think of the birth of this country, there was an ultimate reason that we chose, our forefathers chose to have a birth of a nation, 13 original colonies, and that word was freedom. The ultimate yeah. goal was freedom to be able to do what we want to do. Now, of course, people are going to say, well, we can't talk about that today. No, we're not going to talk about it today. But that was the original intent. But the word still rings true, and that is to find your place in a freedom it doesn't mean you don't work. It doesn't mean you're not working hard. It doesn't mean you're not doing what you need to do to make the pieces come into play. But there's something to be said about why you do what you do and how you do it versus the, the nine to five in the, in the seat, so to speak, robe on uh, what you were doing as a dentist, which is a very honorable profession very honorable profession, as is anything. And I, I applaud everybody in the medical profession because without you, we don't stay healthy. We don't, you know, if you had a toothache, man, I need my dentist, and I, and I hope he's the best there is with the least amount of pain. <laughs> but the ultimate word I'm thinking about here is freedom, and if people think about that word for a minute, what does it mean? What does it truly mean to you? And we're really talking about time freedom. Am I not right, David? Yeah, exactly, Jeff. And, um, you know, something that I'll ask uh, people that, come to my events, uh, oftentimes I'll ask this, this, this rhetorical question, and I'll say, if, if you had all of your needs you know, financially taken care of for the rest of your life, in other words, whatever obligations you saw uh, the rest of your life, whether it's putting kids through school, uh, your retirement, uh, any other special needs, but you saw all that was taken care of, would you Monday morning, say it was the weekend, would you Monday morning or the following week, would you go and do exactly as you're doing right now? Would you be scheduled to do whatever kind of work you do, go to whatever office it is? Would you do exactly the same thing if you had all of your financial needs taken care of? And, you know, and, 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 and you know, the answer is for 99% of people, no, I wouldn't. I'd make some adjustment. Now, as you said, Jeff, it's not like freedom means you don't work. But freedom to me is doing what you want to do when you want to do it and with right. whom you want to do it with. And, and that exactly. goes for work. Uh, when I talk about work today, do I do I work or do I not work? I do work. I I I spend a lot of hours working, but I love what I do. I'm not saying I didn't enjoy dentistry, but dentistry, uh, like a lot of professions, a lot of small business, uh, you can get to a burnout after a period of time. And I can honestly say that that I can do dentistry today on my own terms because I am not chained to a business. I have a license. I keep my license up. I can go back to my old practice. I can walk in the door. I can still see patients, old patients, long-time patients, 
you know, on a on a limited basis, and limited enough, and that's enough for me. I don't need to see patients four or five days a week. Now, there's a sacrifice period that we all have to go through. So you don't come out of the chute, you know, out of high school or college and say, oh, well, I heard this guy talking on the radio show about living life for freedom, so you know what? I'm going to kind of see how that works. No, there is a sacrifice period. We all have to pay it at some point in time. But the time to pay the sacrifice is when we're young. Uh, and the key thing is, is, is to, again, no matter what you're going into, no matter what your position, job, career, business, I don't care what it is, is you still want to be associating yourself with other people. I love masterminds, and I'm talking about masterminds, small groups of people who get together and, 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 and bring uh, things that work, bring, uh, work in their life, they bring challenges and concerns, and these aren't people from the same industry. In other words, I wouldn't think about getting into a mastermind association with other, a bunch of other dentists. Why? Because we're all going to have the same problems. We're going to talk about the same stuff. That's kind of like incest. You want to be in a group with, with all kinds of outside uh, professionals and business people and entrepreneurs because what happens is that expands your mind. And the sooner you can start expanding your mind during those years of sacrifice, then the sooner you'll see ways you can start doing things better, more efficiently, uh, working right, working smarter. Then as you work hard, you can leverage the resources and assets you have. The problem for most of us, and this was for me for almost 20 years, is that I, 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 didn't, I didn't get outside my, my area of influence. I didn't get outside of dentistry. I took all those courses. I worked hard. I got all this continuing education. I was a great dentist, but I didn't spend any time outside of dentistry except, except for real estate. And I will say that that's the thing that, that kept my entrepreneurial spirit going. But if you, wherever you are in your life right now, if, if, if you feel stuck, if you feel like, gosh, you know, I'm, just, I'm on the treadmill, I'm, I'm hashing it out, and you know, I don't know when I'm going to get off this treadmill, you know, I, I'd like to retire someday – Stop that thinking. That's just that's that's poverty thinking. What you want to think about is, look, I've got a job or I'm working hard right now, but how can I affiliate myself with other people who can give me some ideas and inspiration about how I can start to do things differently and leverage what I already have? Because a lot of people have a lot of resources and assets that they don't even see, and it's those blind spots in our life, the blind spots that we don't see that other people can see and help us and point us in directions that we would have never thought about. That mastermind. Small groups, it can, it can be as small as three, three or four people. It could be as many as 16 or 20. But whatever you do, find a small group of people that would, be, would commit to meeting. Uh, you can do it by phone or you can do it you know, in live groups if you can get together. But on some kind of regular basis, whether it's once a month, you know, once every two months, once a quarter, I don't care what it is, you've got to cut out, carve out the time to do that. And that's one of the biggest takeaways I, I hope I can give people today is, is just don't get boxed in. Uh, by by what you're doing and feel like there's there's no way out because there is. That brings us up to a great point, and I've got to do a little bit of an intermission here. I'm also producing our show today, and I want to take just a break and express my gratitude. Uh, today's show is presented to you by Authentic You Media. Our mission is to provide and present you with online, international, worldwide radio, TV, webinars, and live event presentations to inspire and empower you to embrace your authentic you. Featuring the best of the best with show hosts that offer you interviews and events with noted authorities, coaches, authors, speakers, and celebrities who candidly share their views, advice, and wisdom on living with and in authenticity. Our logo is BU Authentic You. Thank you very much, folks. And I think you'll agree that David, Dr. David Phelps, is certainly uh, applying to that his authenticity. Which brings me to another great question, David. When we talk about 
entrepreneurs, and certainly I've got enough years of that under my belt. And I always felt that if I had, if I was diversified, if I had, if I, if my oars are in the in the my oars are in the water of three or four different streams, so to speak, that I would retain. And when one one stream dried up, I could beach that one and rely on the others. This economic downturn kind of put up uh, holes in the boat and canoes of many people. And a lot of people at a much older age are feeling that their dream has evaporated. Whether they were multi-diversified, whether they had one long-standing like a dental practice or a doctor's office or a traditional tried-and-true mom-and-pop business. I mean, some of them have just fallen by the wayside. And the vision of that small entrepreneur is kind of like sizzled. And then, of course, there's this, 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 the, all the myths and lies that were told to us by well-meaning people along the way. Um, I'd like to touch on, you have some points, and I want to lead right up to um, that that you have, which is your keys to freedom. When we were talking about freedom, you know, what sets someone free, which we've been kind of touching on specifically, uh, and you've been getting into. But, you know, I, I'm sure you, you would agree that a lot of people today, well, they just their dream is dwindled. They're, they're having to start all over at, at an older age. And what, what, you know, what advice can we give them other than the fact they've got to do it? I mean, let's be serious. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I think one of the biggest problems, Jeff, is that for many people, and, and I was the same way, is that dream or vision was never well-defined enough. Uh, certainly when, when one is younger, uh, you know, high school or college or graduate school, uh, working really hard to, to make the grades and get the degree or get the license, uh, we have this kind of fuzzy dream of what, what life is going to be like, and, and, and many times that's defined at a younger age by by material things like living in a nice house and driving nice cars and you know having the the you know 2.3 kids and whatever whatever that vision is that's kind of what it is when you when one's younger uh, what what we really have to do whatever age we're at is we have to really define what the end game is for us i don't mean end game i don't mean end game right. as as far as the end of your life but i mean end game as far as what does freedom look like to you so you have to you have to do what Stephen Covey said is you have to begin with the end in mind. So what does that look like? We talked about I just I said earlier that I don't believe in retirement. Now I believe there's that you can certainly transition and change mode of working. Uh, you can change from business to business. You can change the way you run the business. Uh, different ways to do it. But you have to decide well what's my passion? What do I like to do? And how can I take the resources and assets that I have today and start to mold those into my passion so that I can start to move towards what my end game vision is. How does that look? What's my lifestyle look like? You know, how much do I work? Uh, who's in my family? What's important there? How much time do I want to spend with them? Do I want to be able to travel? Uh, you don't do it all at once, but you start building that direction. So if you don't have clarity with that end game, with, with the end in mind, then the problem is you never get there. And you're always just kind of muddling along going, well, I'm just chunking away and, 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 and making some money, but I'm not really reaching my goals because it's, it's still too fuzzy. And just making money is, is, is not freedom. The problem with just making money is most of the time that goes into lifestyle overhead. It, goes, it gets put away by taxes. And there's, there's just no way to, uh, to accumulate. Or what I talk about is, is replacing your labor-produced income uh, that's the real key, and you can do that in your own business, your own entrepreneurial business. If you if you if you take the steps uh, that that I did, and then you can do any business about about leveraging uh, both technology and people uh, in the right way, and you leverage your time in the right way, 
and have the, and have those systems in place, you can start to have a business that will start to provide you some freedom and some passive income streams. And then you can go into other capital assets if you want to diversify. You know, equipment leasing is, is, is a way to, to, to drive passive income because you use the capital asset of equipment. For me, my favorite uh, alternative uh, pass, uh, capital asset to a business is real estate. Uh, so you can buy real estate, different kinds of real estate assets, uh, acquire those, and th- that real estate will provide passive income streams. So that's a way to to start to replace your income so that you start over time becoming a little bit more free, a little bit more free, a little bit more free, and you're not always chained to working, uh, spending your time uh, trading it for dollars. Exactly. You know, it's interesting, David. This This rings true with a conversation I had approximately an hour before our call today for our show. And it it really boils down to, as a strategic interventionist, I have many clients that are just, just grasping. They're grasping for life. They don't know what to do. They don't know where they're going. They don't know what their vision is any longer. They feel like they're, they're destined to, to fail every step of the way, which is a real sad way to be. And we finally start to get things turned around, and we put them through a program that I have written, which really helps them immensely. It gets them to understand that the one thing they have to do is exactly what you said. And it, and it really relates, and if, and if people would think of this in a metaphoric value, you've got to set that goal. You've got to close your eyes and vision. This is my vision of my business, myself, and success at this point. And you're exactly right. Don't think of it as the end. It's not the end. It just happens to be what you have to focus on to get to a certain plateau. And then from that plateau, excuse me, plateau, your visions open up that much more and you move that much further depending on what your original goal was. So if they can think of the end in mind, just like you said, just like has been said very eloquently, they, in fact, now have to cross that bridge from now where they sit to that vision when they close their eyes to where they know they can be. We call it bridging the divide. And they have to build that bridge from the one end to the other, and they have to physically see it. And once they see it and they conceive it, they believe it, and you shall achieve it. It's been written about many, many, many years ago when we just send it out to source, to the universe. This will happen if you stay stuck on that mission. You can't go this way. You can't go that way. There are going to be bends in the road. We know that. But you've got to still keep the focus on the end goal. No matter how many bends there are on the road, no matter what happens, you've got to stay focused. And so often we don't. And I am I am blessed to have and work with a, a very fantastic virtual assistant from the U.K., Emily West Sadler, who's known as the virtual assistant goddess and I, I'm just a lovely, lovely lady to work with, and she and I talked about that specifically today, that people in business today are not, are not. They feel like things have been so topsy-turvy that everything's been ripped right up underneath them that they now don't have a refocused goal. They think this is it. I'm too old, or I can't start over. And what a shame when you get to that. What a shame. So when we get to this point of feeling that that terrible feeling of I don't know what to do any longer, think about what you really want to do, as David said. No matter what investment tool you use or what your refocus on a goal is, you can do it. You can do it. He's proof of it. I've had to redo it. I had to reinvent myself. I was in a, in a well, through three businesses at the same time. I felt I was a very highly successful entrepreneur. And I, and I kind of started feeling flat about the whole thing one day and saying, wow, along with the economy, this isn't working. 
this isn't working. I need to get into something that I know I want to do. Luckily, I had an epiphany, and here I am. And and it is beautiful. And, and you too, folks, can do this. You've got to have that focus, as David has said. Now, David, that gets us to a, something I really love about, well, you know, you've got these strategic points we work on. And you've got your Celtic card. You know, and I, and I first met you, and i got to tell folks this. My first meeting, David, folks, was simply this. He was introduced, okay? Here he is talking about breaking chains, breaking the chains, right? Freedom, et cetera. And he was introduced, and he comes up on stage, and he's speaking to approximately 800-plus people. And he has this gigantic chain wrapped around his neck. And I looked, and I went, honest to gosh, David, I said, wait a minute. I'm into metaphors, baby. <laughs> this one is speaking to me. <laughs> I mean, guys, think about this, okay? Think about a super tanker sitting at the at the pier, and it's got this massive chain coming down that connects it to the pier so it doesn't float away in the night, so it doesn't leave the dock without the captain, right? David has got this massive chain on around his neck, and you would have thought he went down to the down to the pier in Los, An Los Angeles and grabbed this thing off a ship. And in retrospect, it's plastic, and it was actually light. But, you know, the metaphoric value, the picture is there. Think about that. And he's carrying this thing, and he's hanging on to it. And it's like, holy moly, can he make it up onto the stage the way to this chain? <laughs> and it's really, really think of the metaphor attached to that. Absolutely fantastic. Brilliant, David, by the way. Brilliant. Loved it. Loved it. Still do. It, because we talk about breaking those chains that bind you. Okay? Releasing the ropes setting yourself free this is that same thing we're going back to freedom but it's actually setting yourself free to your authentic you who you are as a person who you are meant to be from inception through your life we all have a mission we need to focus on david has what he calls his keys to freedom uh very very interesting because he's going to run through them here with us and i i'm really happy david because this this is key stuff this is key stuff to anybody, especially those, no matter what the profession these days, professional or, you know, white collar, blue collar, it doesn't even matter, typical laborer, everybody's facing the same thing. So if we could, talk about the keys to freedom. I know you've been touching on everything here, but you have, you, you, must, you have a, basically on the book, and I haven't had chances to, to get into that, but, you know, to talk about that and, and to talking about, you know, breaking the chains. Yeah, well, so, so yeah. The first thing we start with is is what we just talked about was uh, beginning with the end in mind, and then everything else. There's there's six six more uh, keys to to creating real freedom, Jeff, and those six are all about how we leverage these other six things. Now, let's talk about leverage for a minute. Leverage. Everybody knows things about leverage is using a lever so you you get uh, you get more done you know, with, with, with less effort. Well, that's the way any kind of leverage works is, is you're getting more done uh, with less effort. Uh, and you can do that uh, through a number of different keys here. So one of those keys is, is through time. And I, I talk to people about, well, what's the value of your time? What's your time really worth? Because too many times many of us do work or activities that are below the, the value of our time. In other words, if, if your time is worth fifty dollars an hour uh how many things are you doing during the day or the week that could be done by somebody else who could do a very good job very competent job at maybe ten dollars an hour uh so you've got to figure out what your time worth and you can basically just you know look at look at what your what your your gross is during a year and uh, divide that by about two thousand hours uh which is probably 
too few for the typical entrepreneur. But basically figure out what you think your time is worth and everything else uh, that could be delegated uh, at a lower cost should be, lower, less than your time value. And also, I would say along the same time, for, along the same frame of, of thinking about time, is make a list of the things that you do every day, every week, every month. Make make a list, and, and that seems like a chore, but it's a very valuable thing to do. If you'll make that list and look at all those things, and and circle the ones that you think only you can do, or you really like to do, or you know you do really well, and everything else should be things that either you don't do really well, or you certainly don't like to do or could be done by somebody who could do them at a, a lesser dollar-per-hour cost. And take, start taking all those other things and, and start delegating or outsourcing those. Now, don't do it all at once. You know, take, take a few at a time. Uh, but that means maybe uh, getting a virtual assistant. Jeff just talked about that. Virtual assistants are great people to help with that. You don't have to hire a full-time person. You don't have to bring another employee in if you don't have a brick-and-mortar business. But virtual assistants can be found, and they can do all kinds of very you know, specialized to general work. So, so time is a key, uh, leveraging your time. Uh, the next one, Jeff, is systems. And I mentioned this earlier, but through systems, we have to use systems in everything we do. Uh, and you can leverage systems by using technology, you know, computers, software, uh, and then certainly through people. You can leverage, again, the, the, the good work that other people can do. You can get things done through other people. You don't have to do it all yourself. I leveraged uh, some other good dentists who were able to come in and fit within my practice, and, and they used my systems that I already had set up, and they were productive, and I didn't have to see all the patients. If I didn't want to, I could see what, who I wanted to, uh, but, but also pull myself out of practice. Uh, systems are the, the real key to scaling a business, scaling it up so that you don't have to be participating in the business. You can work more on it. The next one is leveraging marketing. Uh, marketing is really the most important activity that any business owner can do. Now, when I say the business owner, what I mean is the business owner should orchestrate and oversee the marketing. What well, gets, gets down to actually implementing it and putting lots of things in place, that should be automated again by systems. But you as the business owner need to learn enough or bring in enough um, expert help with with different types of marketing, and you don't have to be a tech expert, you don't have to be an expert copywriter, but just have a general enough idea of what marketing looks like so for your business you can set it up and have an automatic pipeline in place that either your staff or outsourced uh, people can do. But marketing is a key, and you can take any business in any market and become very viable uh, through, through the efforts of marketing. Uh, the next one is leveraging capital assets, and that's where I was talking about uh, the fact that I, I use real estate as my capital asset uh, that provides the passive income so I don't have to work. But, again, you can do that in a business, any business. And if, if right now your business is all about you or 90% you, uh, start thinking in terms of what you need to do to put in terms of systems in place so that you can maybe pull yourself out of your business. Start Start small, baby steps. A half a day per week. Could you get that done within two or three months? What would it take to pull yourself out a half a day? Once you get a half a day done, then you go to a full day. And then from a full day, you go to a day and a half, two days. Start small, but, but build towards that end in mind. If you want to work in your business two days a week, if that's your goal because you like it and there's things and, and people you want to see and, and, and treat or serve, then, then set that goal and get there. Move, move a step at a time. Okay, the last two, Jeff. Um, would be association and network, and kind of mentioned that. We mentioned uh, the fact that we go to, uh, to events, uh, uh, community association, affiliation, uh, networking, mastermind groups. Uh, Jim Rohn says 
that you become the average of the five people you spend the most time with. I totally believe that. So yeah. if you want, no, if you want to grow no, yourself, it. yeah, if you want to break through, if you want to change your mindset and change your income and change the way you live your life, then you need to be around people that are already have already done that to some extent or are doing that. They're on the path. Jump on the path with them. They'll pick you up and help you and give you some accountability. So when we tend to, tend to sit back and whine sometimes about, about how life is, is so tough or, or about this employee or that person who didn't, you know, you have to get over that. And the way you get over that is just get around other people that have already been there. We all have our sob stories. We all have things that don't work. Just get over that and realize everybody has it. The most successful people in life that, that, you, that we look up to and go, wow, I wish I could be like them. Guess what? They went through the same path, they went, and they still do today. It's not all roses. You just have to be with those people so you get, get over the fact that you think that there's something wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you when things don't go right. We have those days all the time. But we, we figure out the systems and processes and replace the people, replace the technology, replace the systems that are broken. Uh, it's not us that's broken. We just need to fix those things. All right, the last one, the last key to leverage is coaching and mentor, mentoring. And think about it. The top athletes or any athlete that wants to be good uh, has coach as a coach and coaches. Think about Michael Jordan, probably one of the best basketball players of all time. Michael had several coaches that looked at different aspects of his game. Same thing with baseball players. I mean, they look at every part of their game. Or Tiger Woods, he has different coaches for different parts of the, of the golf game. Well, why don't more people in business hire coaches? I mean, it's no different. Uh, you know, athletics. Uh, business, there's so many similarities. Why don't we have coaches? Because a good coach, a good mentor, again, sees things that we can't see. See, we're so deep within our business. Uh, it's like, it's like you know, being, you know, we can't see the forest because we're so deep in the trees, so we don't see this big forest. The coach can see the forest. They can start to see things that we can't see and help us with those blind spots so that we don't run into walls, we don't, you know, make mistakes that we could, we could, we could, uh, take care of by just doing a few simple things oftentimes that we just don't see. We keep butting our head against the wall. So those are the keys, and I'll just run through them again just to give you the list. But the first one was begin with the end in mind, and then you want to leverage the next six. So leverage your time, leverage systems, leverage marketing, leverage capital assets, be that your business or, or real estate, something that provides passive income for you. Leverage your association and network. And finally, leverage through getting a good coach and a good mentor or coaches. I mean, I, you know, I'm in several mastermind groups. I know you are, Jeff. I have different coaches to help me because they all help me with different things. I need that perspective. It's the thing that helps me more than anything in the world to keep moving forward and not get stuck. Absolutely correct. i got to tell you about having a coach. There's nothing, there's nothing more valuable, and there's, no, there's nobody in sports today, David. You're absolutely right. They wouldn't be without a coach. Universities and colleges have coaches, and they hire and pay big bucks to these coaches. Why? Because they know if they get the top coach, they're going to have the top team. And it's just that simple in business. And if we start to think that way, you've got to get a coach. What you said is so true and so real. Why reinvent the wheel? Why to try to why try to make something go on your own? Because we we have such a uh, a fixation on being that success. Be the success and learn from that that others have already done before you. And and the best coaches out there will tell you from Tony Robbins to James Malinchuk, two of the best as far as I'm concerned. And there's plenty of others. You know we have Jim Rohn and and there are others. All right, that have, you know, God bless them. Um, these these coaches would tell you, learn the value of those that have done it before you, 
pick up the pieces and listen to what they're saying because they've done this, they've had the successes, and they certainly got there because of their failures. Everybody says, oh, but they were failures. You know, how many times have people said, well, I failed on this 100 times, but finally I got it right, and now they've become highly successful because of it? Because they didn't fail. They just maybe had 99 ways it didn't work. And they finally <laughs> exactly. found stuck to it. They were stuck to the outcome of being successful and getting there. I can't believe it. We've only got a few minutes left. Can you imagine that, David? Wow. We've had we've Well had it's some... just it's just you know it, it's fun when you want when you talk about what you're passionate about. And you know, I yeah. know you are Jeff and I am too and and, and I, I just I, I know so many people struggle out there today. I, I get it. Uh and, and I just I'm just so empowered to try to help people um, with some of the lessons I've learned and help them pick it up and, and figure out, you know, wherever they're stuck today, there are answers. There's people that can help you. you. You don't need to stay stuck, but certainly don't try to do it alone, and don't feel ashamed or apologetic because something's gone wrong in your life. You know, that's the biggest thing. We, we, we all tend to have way too much pride and ego, and you just got to let that go. And when you're with the right people who want to also help, you can just do away with pride and ego because we've all been there. Anybody who puts you down or acts like you're not worthy, then that's not the right person or people to be with because we've all struggled. We'll continue to struggle, but we can do it together and, 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 and break through. Exactly. My book title is Break, break the Chains and Continue on on our, our Freedom Path. Breaking the Chains. There we go. We're back to that metaphor, David. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, I would like you to let everybody know how may they reach out to you because I know you are available for groups as a speaker, uh, coaching, et cetera. So please give everybody your contact information and how those folks can get in touch with you. Sure, Jeff. Well, um, probably the best uh, best way initially to contact me is through my main website, which is www.discoverfreedom.com here.com discoverfreedomhere.com uh they can also reach me through info at discoverfreedomhere.com and i've got you know a, a great team of uh of 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 vir- you know virtual assistant people at different levels that I've, that have really helped me and uh they're happy to to get questions uh uh, you know, talk about leveraging time. You know, I create some some barriers to to entry, so I don't initially take all all people that the call get through. But but you know what? If if, if you're on this call today and uh, listening to this uh, this great uh, radio show that Jeff does, uh, just let us know if there's anything that I can do to help or or serve or provide a message to you or your group. I'd be, we'd be more than than happy to do so. Excellent, David, and thank you very much, brother. And I appreciate your time being with us today. And I, I know that it's of great, great value because of listening. And I want to tell you, folks, for so those that you that uh, are on live, let your friends know this show it will be archived almost immediately when we end this live part of our part of our broadcast today. And David, thank you so very, very much, Dr. David Phelps. What a pleasure to have you on our show today, sir. I applaud you. Thank you for your dedication and your your forthright wisdom that we've all picked up today. Thank you, David. Great to be with you, Jeff, and uh, all of your listeners. Uh, you do a great show, and uh, it was a lot of fun to, to talk with you today. Excellent. I want to talk very briefly while we still got David with us for another 60 seconds or so. Next week's show, wow, we have... C.K. Gray, a mother of three that found out that she was a romance novelist, The Eye of the Storm. Not only that, 
The Eye of the Storm is now going to be a movie that she, guess what, is going to co-produce. Do not miss next week's show. I want to thank you all so very, very much in the bottom of my heart being with us today. On behalf of myself, Michelle Arbor, the celebrity numerologist, you've been with interviews with Authentic You, myself, Jeffrey Miller, also known as The Interventionist. You can catch me on Facebook or at my website, www.21daystochangeyourmind. Blessings to everybody, and thank you so much. Have a beautiful day.